Good evening and welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by the Freedom's Path Recovery Society. We are not affiliated with any 12-step fellowship, nor do we wish to propose only one solution. We understand how different solutions can greatly increase an individual's chance of survival. We hope to illuminate some of the recovery process by sharing as many human stories as we can. Why, you might ask, to show that we can and do build stable lives from a former state of chaos, desperation, and hopelessness. Our stories become our strength. Please remember that any and all opinions shared and heard are those of the individuals and not a reflection of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other entity. So regardless of how crappy or wonderful our opinions might be to you, they still remain opinions, nothing more. You might hear swearing adult themes and situations, as well as the tragedies humans face and walk through every day. It is not suitable for children unless they are accompanied by a parent or guardian or have the explicit permission of those individuals. So now we have a, a friend of Darcy's named James. Um, and James, I do not know you, hmm. but uh, I have heard some stories about you, hmm. a few from your friend Darcy. But I'm going to let you like clear the air and you can tell like the real stories. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing tonight, man? Good. Great. Right on. I appreciate you sticking around and coming on. Oh, yeah. No worries. Thanks. Thank you for having me on. Um, I hope that uh, you can believe some of the stories that Darcy told you. Some of it is totally untrue. <laughs> the whole walking across the country part, totally untrue. Never done anything like that. I believe that the, that's the whole probably striking, true. Uh, getting struck by lightning, that's not true either. There's mm. He likes to tell a lot of big stories. Mm-hmm. He met me one time. I was at McDonald's. I was really, really hungry and needed some fries. So he uh, offered to buy me some fries, bought me a Big Mac too, and it was been we've been friends ever since. Oh, really? Yeah, no, it's cool. totally not true. That's not true. Not all right. at all. Cool. So I'm going to remember that for the rest of this talk, that <laughs> most of what comes out of your mouth is questionable. Absolutely. Okay. You know, Perfect. I, I live my life in a very contrary way as best I can. Hmm. You know, um, even before I get going, one of the important things I have to do, um, seeing as I'm not from this territory, is acknowledge the land territory hmm. um, and the people. We as First Nations people, and we've been doing this for thousands of years, called following protocols, what we call following protocols, mm. being respectful to to the people. So I'm going to say, Shmigwech, uh, Siksika, Kanai, Blood, uh, Blackfoot Confederacy, Anishtuyad, 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 And basically that's all means thank you blackfoot for allowing me to be in your territory i come in with a lot of big stories and have a really big mouth <laughs> some of that was true i should probably learn that then because <clears throat> no. i too have many stories and i have a really big mouth so, <laughs> yeah. no it's just basically acknowledging territory and introducing myself um, in my own traditional language mm-hmm. which is and i'm from curve lake first nation uh, my Ancestors know me as Manaday Wasmo, which is kind lightning, gentle lightning, children's lightning, or healing lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, it means those four things, depending on the context you use it in. Most First Nations languages don't translate into English very well or straightforward. So it means all those things. Yeah. And so, yeah, I did meet Darcy and, and his wonderful wife and family five years ago now. Actually, just a little over five years ago now. I had, um, okay, well, I had a dream on... I always been telling a story as a uh, Monday 
March 20th, 2014, I had this dream to walk across the country. And my wife and I were just in community last week because we both do trauma counseling around our First Nations people mm. um, who are going through the colonization, uh, the residential schools, grief and loss, suicide, all these things that we, we um, respond to in community. Mm. So she says, she's telling the story. She says, it wasn't a Monday. She said, it was a Tuesday and it was only three days we had to get this all together so you could walk across the country. And at that time, we'd only had $175 and my son made a Facebook page, mm. you know, and in making that Facebook page, my, at the time, my wife and I in 2014 were looked at, uh, well, in 2012, we're kind of doing a lot of rallies around the island of Lamore in Victoria, um, organizing those things as best we could. Mm. And so, um, we met these people. My son invited 55 of those people at, from that Idle No More group or movement. And it spread like, wow, like, a, I don't even know, like nothing I could ever imagine in my life. But in doing that, it really brought a lot of um, goodness to my life. Mm. A lot of, uh, a lot of direction, a lot of really good people. Mm. You know, I don't look at Darcy as a buddy, but as my brother, you mm. know, my mate, he's brother. And we've been, he's been coming out and visiting for the last three years out on the island. So I've been really, really grateful to do mm. ceremony with him in that way. So my son made this Facebook page. I did the walk, and that's how I met all these wonderful, wonderful people. And I walked from Victoria to Ottawa. Oh, wow. Yeah, 2014 and again in 2015, um, both having their gifts within themselves. And I guess my first big walk across the country was 2009 from Vancouver to Toronto. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. What was the purpose of the walk? In 2009, it was, I thought it was the end of all the walks that I was doing because um, I was doing that for my, my, <clears throat> my sister Iris uh, got sick with cancer in 2002. And mm -hmm. she's the big reason why I was able to sober up. Mm -hmm. I've been clean and sober now for a little over 16 years, covered the 17 years. Congratulations. Thank you. And I don't use AA. I mm -hmm. never... I went to an A meeting once because someone said it was supposed to be a social, so I was expecting they're doing some drumming, and then yeah. everyone's getting up and telling their stories. I'm like, I don't know if this I'm in the right place, um, and because I never the whole religious and Christianity aspect of that mm -hmm. wasn't a call to me at all. Yeah, and I already had a year and a half under my belt, and so um, my sister getting sick with cancer. Uh, November 20th of 2002 was the last time I ever drank. Mm -hmm. And um, I got struck by lightning that, that following May of 2003. Wow. Yeah. And that's um, when people in my community had came and told me about when I got struck by lightning as a baby and why things had happened the way that, that I did with, with me, with my grandpa telling me stories and me spending a different time with this uncle, that uncle, this mm -hmm. auntie, you know, like all these, bringing all this culture into me. And so when I got struck again in 2003 i was six months sober i, I just said i'm done mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to drink anymore and um it was i didn't want i had a, a blackout in the 20th so i, I still don't remember that night mm -hmm. except when i had the courage that next morning my sister to tell me yeah you had a good night you didn't fight you, you know these scars on my on my uh, knuckles aren't from you know from being a good guy mm -hmm. so I'd fight, I'd get beat up, I'd beat people up, mm -hmm. all those crazy things. And she said, bro, you had a good night. 
You know, you didn't get belligerent. You didn't get ignorant. You didn't want to fight anybody. She says, but you cried a lot on my shoulder. And I told her, I was like, well, got to try and do this without crying because it doesn't bring up. Uh, but I said there, <clears throat> I said, I, I said, I don't know how many guys, I don't know how many nights or how many days we have left. And I don't want to forget any. So I'm going to quit drinking. It was the first time I ever said that out of my mouth. And I quit. Mm, Alcohol's never passed my, my lips again. So right on. I did something right in my life. Well, a few things, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, getting struck by lightning and having that whole experience. And to tell that experience takes a little bit longer than the time we have here, except that um, I got to experience <laughs> something that most people didn't. And yeah, I was allowed to come back here. I was allowed to come back to to carry on. So I know what a gift that is. And so doing the work that I do, I know how blessed I am. Mm. How how did it feel, man, to get struck by lightning? It's the worst pain you ever want to feel in your life. My wife got struck by lightning too. Her story is nothing like mine at all. I wish I got struck like that, really nice and gentle-like. But no, (laughs) I had to get like totally, bam, zapped out of my body, taken, you know, to the edge of that spirit world. But... It's the most pain you'll ever feel mm-hmm. when that lightning came, but it's over pretty quick. Yeah. Like it, it's, um, and I was inside my house when I got struck, like we're inside our house back, really? back home. Yeah. Okay. It had, apparently it came down the fireplace cause I had sat down beside my brother, kind of like the way we're sitting here and yeah. took my socks off and had been raining out in the morning. And my nephew was just adamant to go fishing. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. babe, let's go fishing. So we, we went out fishing and. It started to rain. Thunder started coming. It's like, maybe we got to go back home. Go get struck by lightning for out here. Mm-hmm. You know, Auntie Iris is already sick with cancer. The family doesn't need any more mm-hmm. craziness right now. So we got back home. I sat down beside my brother like this, took off my socks, um, opened up the fireplace door to kind of warm, dry myself off. Mm-hmm. And that's when it literally came out of the fire. Wow. Yeah. It's, it hit it here. Yeah. It's not a mangled foot or anything, but... It's just a discoloration now. Okay, yeah. Um, where it hit here, yeah. went through my body, exited out my neck apparently. Um, and as soon as it touched my foot, it was like someone had taken a camera flash. Like that's why as soon as I seen it touch, it was, I had that yeah. flash, but pain, like that yeah. intense pain. And then it's over. Yeah. It's, it's, it's done. So were you on your back then or? Um, no, well, it went through. Um, so I turned to my brother because I said, call name is called doctor. Something is wrong. Mm. And I couldn't, I could feel that my heart wasn't going and my lungs weren't opening. But he has a completely different story of what happened. Mm. He says, he came in, sat down. He said, he saw it come out of the fireplace, hit my foot. He said, when he hit my foot, he said, he turned to me and said, bro, you just get struck by lightning. He said, I giggled, I grabbed my chest and I fell over. Mm. But that's not. Can't remember that. That's not my recollection. Mine was yeah. like, everything is not firing. Like, this isn't working. You got to call somebody. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got struck a second time. And that's his story. Um, the only story I really speak to, I t- talk about everything that happened was that moment um, of the <laughs> lightning going through and me saying the words. Because after I'd said the words to my brother, call Lammy's call doctor, something is wrong. I could feel, like I said, nothing was working and I knew it had to work. If this wasn't working, it must mean, fuck, Mm. really, (laughs) really like this, like really. 
how come only 30 years like all these things just flood your mind like this mm-hmm. and then um when that happened i remember looking down on my brother and to me my brother was like six eight you know 250 pounds just a big honking ojibwe screaming like like a little school kid mm-hmm. like just complete freaking out just yeah. yelling for help not knowing what the hell to do and then i got to experience everything else and then when all that experience of being with all my family all at the same time hearing all their their conversations all in separate places um that's when my grandpa came across kind of said you know you're not doing those things you agreed to when you were small what's going on mm-hmm. you know it's time there's no more excuses and so after i had that conversation with him or whatever it was mm-hmm. you know but before i got to experience it my mom came across first she passed away when i was really i was really young i was 16 and so our moms have a smell mm-hmm. that we don't even know until they're gone you don't realize it until they're gone they have a certain way that you, they can hug you that no one else can there's a certain feeling whatever it is but um we, we really should appreciate our mothers more mm, agreed you know? definitely and mm. all the women we we really need to um respect their women mm. you know and put them back as the as the leaders of our of our people i know a lot of our first nations are, are making that movement right now mm-hmm. um our community from where i'm from back in ontario we were the first uh first nation community to uh elect a woman chief mm. um which is lc not and now we have another woman chief and then we have another young girl who's running for chief so it's all these women who are taking up that leader position within our communities are yeah. doing the best they can with the tools they have right mm. but we as men can support them more you know yeah i just kind of just even here today i'm just fishing off a big thing it's not that big of a thing but i just i'm doing another big walk across the country next year which would be my fourth and final time okay um, and what's this walk for um we'll see yeah we'll see i just know mm. i just know that i'm leaving next year it's always through a dream or through something why I do these walks. So it's, um, um, I'll know when I leave next year. Okay. So in the past, how have you known, like what's directed you in the past? What's the reason? that? Well, in 2000, like I said, it was for my sisters. And at mm-hmm. first I was doing these big walks from, from our reserve, just 211 kilometers from a reserve to downtown Toronto, mm-hmm. raising money for Princess Margaret Hospital. And then... Um, I thought I was going to do it for four years. An elder came to me from out in the prairies. I'm in Toronto. Shared a message with me. I'm like, okay, I'm not done walking yet. Mm-hmm. So then I walked for two more years. And then the seventh year, I saw the big walk. So I'm walking on the side of the, okay. So if I can explain this to you. Mm-hmm. I'm walking on the side of the road from the reserve to Toronto. But all of a sudden, I'm not on the side of the road anymore. I'm beside this river. But I know in my head, I'm walking on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. But I see this river. And so then I had a visit by um, by the big beings, by the thunder beings, and they'd said um, to walk from the mm-hmm. o- ocean to home. So I did. 
and so I was for um, Prince Margaret Hospital, the, the raising money for the cancer research. And then in 2014, I, my grandpa came to me in a dream. Mm. And he asked me to walk for residential school survivors, the ones that didn't come home. And he was cradling me like that, like I was a baby only. Mm. I'm a full-grown adult in his arms. And when I got to Ottawa, <clears throat> I'd received so many different prioritized tobacco bundles from different communities across the country. I was doing this walk. Mm -hmm. So when I got to Ottawa, I offered those, those prioritized to the, to the fire, the sacred fire. And um, the message came that I'd know what I was going to do right away. And at the end of that, it was all these men said, hey, we got to. You know, we're going to walk across the country with you. We're going to do something to put our women back in power. And, you know, we're, we're all gung-ho. One person showed up mm -hmm. to come do it in the end and showed their toxicity, I guess, before the end of it. Mm -hmm. I still pray for them, hope that they, they're doing good in their life. Um, yeah, so it comes in a dream or it comes through a message. Mm -hmm. So I know that um, – I know I was doing – I know I'm doing a – I know I was doing a, a fourth walk. My wife's a traditional pipe carrier, so she has a traditional uh, First Nations pipe that we she uses her pipe medicine in. And at that pipe ceremony, she said, oh, you're going to do one more walk. I'm like, oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> Just what I wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I know that it was coming. And then I know that it's next year. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you've been clean and sober for 16 years. You walk. By the sounds of it, like every other year you do a big walk or is it every year you do a big walk? No, like this this last big walk was four years ago. But yeah, about four years ago, 2015. Oh, okay. Um, but then this, like I ended up walking, well, I just did a prayer walk. Um, and it wasn't that it was, it just came. Like it just, mm. Grandpa said, hey, can you go out and do this? I'm like, okay. Because one of those things when I was struck by lightning was he said I don't listen. Mm. I didn't listen. Okay. Um, you know, for the drinking and all the stuff that I was going on. So anytime I get the message, can you mm. do this or can you do that? I just go into it. Mm. Um, and so I walked from Vancouver to Hope, BC, mm -hmm. and about 22 hours. And then walked uh, Kamloops to Chase just yesterday, about seven hours. Mm -hmm. Seven hours. Wow. Yeah, just... Offering tobacco and offering those good medicines for, for people. I know that uh, my wife and I work around the province of BC and um, around the island for an organization. And due to to um, confidentiality, I can't mention the organization. Or, mm -hmm. but we respond to a lot of suicides, you know, things like that within mm -hmm. community, um, residential school things, you know. Mm -hmm. So. We were at a pretty heavy incident last week, and when I came home, I was like, "Yeah, babe, I'm going to walk. Mm -hmm. Going to walk." So that's what we did. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear about the heavy incident. Oh yeah, it's um. But I imagine it's yeah. Yeah, you know, like well, it was a murder suicide, um, mm. and you know, we've we've we go into communities for suicide packs for mm -hmm. suicides attempts. Like a lot of these things, and it's all around residential school, colonization, um, and the effects it's had on our people, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, because even though residential schools were closed, the ministry uh, in on 
in BC, it's called the Ministry of uh, Child and Family Services. Mm. Um, there's more kids in, in care. And when you put those kids in care, all of a sudden you're paying these people to take care of these kids twice as much than what the parents were getting to help raise their own child. Mm -hmm. So it's like this whole big systemic problem that we try and help people navigate at least to mm -hmm. feel a little bit better. So so you work with them as advocates, like in terms of- Oh, no. No, no, no? it's not advocacy at all. No. We're we're kind of after the fact, Yeah, you know, um, after the family's been torn apart and after, mm -hmm. you know, they've been left in a society that doesn't care for them, um, for the children or for, you know, whether it be the family system or the judi judicial system. Mm -hmm. They don't care for your baby, then they don't care that you're First Nations, then they just don't care for you as a person, then you don't care about yourself. And then all of a sudden, you're in this big spiral and you have this big hole inside you. Mm -hmm. And so when people get lost or when people are in community and take their lives, we are there to help the community find the pieces or help them come to terms with the pieces or mm -hmm. help them understand that no one ever will have the answer to why that person did what they did. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So there's no advocacy. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. It sucks. I got, I got a big old fucking blank. That's what I'm, I'm like, like, how do you, what do you ask about that? Well, there's nothing you can ask, really. Yeah. You know, I know where you are. It's just like, that's that's work I told my grandpa that I would do. Mm. Because he loved me so much. And I loved myself so much. And getting struck by lightning that second time, I realized how much I loved myself. Mm. And I realized how much I loved him and the commitment I had to our people. Mm. So I didn't know how everything was going to work or play out. But in this last, definitely the last five years, it's been pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. I worked with the school board, uh, Greater Victoria uh, District School Board, as a First Nations history resource and storyteller. My Bachelor of Arts is Indigenous history, mm -hmm. um, but I do all my storytelling from my bundle. I have a very, very old bundle with a lot yeah. of different items, and um, I use those to not only empower our First Nations youth, but all the youth, because what people don't realize is like, society is pretty fucked up. Mm -hmm. Society is yeah. really fucked up, and when you have... Um, when you have people within our police services, and I can speak to this from, from experience, mm -hmm. that you have to be macho. You cannot show that you're vulnerable in any way, shape, or form because vulnerability is a weakness, mm -hmm. but it's not. And when you have people looking at that, all of a sudden, it's an us against them mentality. Mm -hmm. And for the First Nations people who are going through their their decolonizing, decolonization process when they're, they're dealing with their residential school stuff and they're dealing with all these other things, there's... You go into three modes, fight. Well, most people know fight and flight. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. But it's fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. Do I fight this? Um, do I take off from this? Or do I just accept that I'm about to be eaten? Mm -hmm. You know, and that goes back to that really um, primordial yeah. mind, mind, mindset. And so that's how we, how we are. Most of our people are in that survival mode. They're in mm -hmm. that, you know, we're fighting. Everyone, everyone's fighting. Don't even know why they're fighting you know and um and it's for survival mm -hmm. right it, well it is survival though right eh, it the sad thing is it is mm -hmm. you know but um you'll hear the trudeaus and the shears and the sings and trudeau seniors and harpers and whoever else you want to call it, like preaching all this stuff and especially more since 2008 but the reconciliation yeah 
you know, I got reconciliation. I got some in my back, my back pocket, actually. I keep it for every now and again when I need it. Sprinkle that shit around over there. A little bit of reconciliation there, a little bit over here. <laughs> you know, um, because that's, that's, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. It's words. Yeah. Yeah. So how does it, how does it really, I mean, obviously, I don't even know how to word this, man. First of all, my brain goes into like, I'm fucking sorry. Oh, duh. <laughs> right? Like, the no, thing not, is like, not for, I'm not sorry for something other people did. I am sorry that it fucking happened. Mm. Period. Right? Like, mm. and that, and I recognize that we can't, there's no fucking saying we're sorry. Mm. Right? Like, in terms of the people who, well, they're saying sorry, but their sorry was saying sorry, but meaning it. Meanful sorry. That's meaningful what I mean. apology. Apology. And, yeah. you know, that isn't going to come from the government. So that isn't going yeah. to come from the police services, or the judicial system, or the the you know ministry of family, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Now, but it comes from here, from doing what we're doing. Yeah, you know, and just um, the rest of my walk from this one that I just finished was, if I put the word out and hitch, uh, put the word out on my Facebook that I'm going to hitchhike, everyone loses their mind. Mm-hmm. I realize it. Don't. It's dangerous. Don't do it. I'm like, mm-hmm. and I understand because of. You know, our people are going missing at a very, very alarming rate. Yeah, and it's no joke. Man. And the thing is, if I go missing, they're not going to look. They're not going to care. It's like, oh, he's gone. They'll put up a whatever, but the, but they're not going to care. Mm. But I know that my grandpa had told me, as long as I do that good work that I'm asked to do, I, I get to go back to where he is. Mm. So this walk was kind of, to was asked to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm out there walking and hitchhiking. So I I'd hitchhiked actually just this this morning from um from Chase. And I was like, okay, somebody grab, you know, there's no bus to Calgary except from Salmon Arm, and I'm on a kind of a schedule. So I'll hitchhike to Salmon Arm and I'll get on the bus. I didn't even get to hitchhike. I'm walking on the road, I'm enjoying my coffee, and this semi truck pulls over. He's like, Where are you going? I'm like, I'm actually going to get Calgary. He's like, Well, it's your lucky day. Get in the truck and I'm driving you all the way to Calgary. Wow. Yeah. I was like, oh, thanks. I didn't put my thumb out. Didn't even have mm-hmm. my, my coffee. It was still warm. It's like, okay, it's a, this is a good day. But I knew that I had to meet those people that I met in the store. You know, the six people that pulled over to pick me up um, between Vancouver to Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, they offer me a ride. I had to meet them and talk to them and connect with them, mm-hmm. you know. And um, this one lady is like, Thank you for letting me know that there's still goodness in, in the world. Mm. And I was like, well, thank you. I said, you pulled over. You don't even know me. I said, mm. you just filled my filled my heart here. And so it's like every now and again, I have to see the goodness. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what I witnessed in this last yeah. few days. Cool. Yeah. It is. We do need to see the goodness, man. Absolutely. Especially with all that pain, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when I walked, my wife and I were cultural support workers for the truth and reconciliation um, through Health Canada. And in doing that, that's how I met uh, the people that I work with now for the organization I work with out mm-hmm. on the West Coast. Um, and the position I have, it's not that they uh, make a job post and say, oh, this is, we're looking for this elder or this healer, or, mm-hmm. you know. But what it is, is you have, they have to hear your name in community. Yeah. So even though they met my wife and I at this event, at these events, it took hearing our name. Oh, they're doing this work in Victoria. Oh, we should talk to these people because of this work that they do. And when they did that, that's how we got to do the work that we're doing now, being mm-hmm. traveled all over. Um, 
but living our purpose and having community refer you mm-hmm. is so empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So, dude, I got lots of questions. I don't know. My brain's like on fire. Um, so you, you can't talk about the agency you work for, yeah. which is, which is fine. Yeah. Um, so what kind of work do you do? In terms of with folks who are survivors of residential schools, um, a lot of traditional work. Um, you know, we have um, training in complex uh, complex trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, we have training um, through different uh, renowned psychologists, trauma counselors, mm-hmm. um, Jay Milton Moss, uh, Rod Jeffries. Jay Milton Moss is, is in Anishinaabe as well. She has mm-hmm. a a master's um, program at Uni- University of Toronto right now. Mm-hmm. And Rod Jeffries, he's he's a Mohawk um, fellow from down in, I, I know it's in Southern Ontario, but I don't want to say mm-hmm. if it's Brantford or Aquasasne, but mm-hmm. it's one of those big reserves out there. And he does a lot of this trauma-informed work with a lot of uh, uh, nonprofits that yeah. do the kind of work that we do, working with frontline workers, you know, social workers. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we go into community, it's a lot of what they need. We don't come in saying, "Hey, look, this is what we can do, and this is what we bring." Mm-hmm. It's like, "What do you need?" Sometimes yeah. it's sometimes it's an ear, or sometimes it's you go into community and they'll say, "Go out fishing with the with the community." So mm-hmm. you go out fish with the community. You know, if they want you to cut the grass, you'll cut the grass. Mm-hmm. And it's just seeing where where are we with them? Yeah. And we do these things. They open up and they sit down. So maybe it's smudging and eagle fan brushing or mm-hmm. the way my, my brothers out there use the cedar, the loose cedar brushings. Um, candling. Mm-hmm. Elders coming in with a candle, bringing, bringing some light, bringing something that'll help that, that, that mind kind of come back to it, to a good place. And we've even done ceremony. Like it's mm-hmm. really what community wants. We've walked across communities with our smudge bowls, like just to bring something that they need. Mm-hmm. And it's always, what they what they need, and then yeah. when we leave, we're empowering them because you brought this, so you already know, you already have all your gifts in the mm-hmm. community. Don't let Western society say that it needs to be this or this because for tens of thousands of years, it's always been that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we've only been praying to their Christian God for the last hundred and fifty or two hundred years. You know, we've all been going there thousands of years before mm-hmm. before we ever knew them. So old ways are good. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's hard to it's hard to like keep them the old ways going when you have basically there's been a force we'll just call it a force mm-hmm. that's been against that <laughs> they, right? they they can have they can be all against it all they want to but what they don't realize is that the eagle did touch the moon in 1969 mm-hmm. and for as anishinaabe people with our our prophecies and our stories it said things were going to get better and every time that whether it be when we got the big drum story or we got our, our creation stories. Every time these things have come to us, stuff has been good for us. Mm-hmm. So um, I lost my train of thought. I feel like the guy before now had lost his train of thought. I'm sitting here. <laughs> it must be the chair. Um, it's probably the combination of chairs. Uh, just the force working against you. Just the force working. Oh yeah. So when we can um, just the force has always worked against us. Mm. And um, even one of the prophecies, like even if you look at the Hofi prophecy, where it's going to talk about the one race of people, the one tribe, that's kind of where the movement that we're going into right now. Mm. And because we knew that that eagle is touched down, we knew that 
you know, back home, they're saying that's why the new people, the young ones who come forward. So, you know, being struck by lightning, it's like, oh, well, this must be one of the ones that we need to tell all the stories to because he's going to carry all these, these things. And this is the one that's going to learn all this. And this is one to learn all that. And you, you look at even all the way across, I, I had got to see such a unique perspective of how you could see the change coming. And I'm still basing it for myself on those things that we already had, had happened. Mm. So no matter how much that force comes against us, we're still resilient. They couldn't kill the Indian inside the man or mm -hmm. the woman or the child. Well, we're not Indians to begin with. Um, so all you out there that use that we're Indians, we're not. You're the tribe within to who you are. So start using that and take that power back, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, and, and so, see, again, I don't even know what to, what to ask because there's, it's so loaded. But like, okay, so you didn't go to AA. You mm -hmm. went to one meeting. So then, and I was already you, a year and a half sober before. Yeah. yeah. So you were already a year and a half sober before you went to that one yeah. meeting. So, like, what do you find gives you strength not to pick up a drink? My culture and who I am. Okay. So, um, and that's one thing too. When we when we're in community, um, I will never knock AA. I'll never say it's a bad thing or you know yeah. stuff like that because whatever gets you to that healing place yeah. is what you're meant to do. Yeah. Um, but you can grow beyond that. Mm -hmm. And especially with the the AA, well, mm -hmm. with myself, um, that I don't know if it was the whole dying and coming back to life. I don't know, um, but I think carrying my bundle and the and the stories, those mm -hmm. songs, I replace that hole that's inside. Mm -hmm. And everyone that's that's been lost in addiction, you know, we have that. It's always, it's, oh, I feel empty. I feel empty. I feel empty. Yeah. Well, I filled that emptiness up with my drum, my songs, because mm -hmm. it was already there. I just had to bring it back out and then say, yeah, you know what? I am proud to be a native. You know, mm -hmm. you're not you're not my kindergarten teacher who made me um, be embarrassed of who I was in front of everyone. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a man now, so I'm, I'm proud of who I am. And, you know, it's like doing the land acknowledgement here when we first started. That's yeah. how proud I am. You know, when I go into a community and I'm talking to frontline workers, I'm like, you got to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, a lot of people don't. And it's just like, once you can do that, you can love anybody. You can love mm -hmm. anything. You can spread that out everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's way better than reconciliation. Way better. Mm -hmm. You know, and we've been doing it for thousands of years, you know. And it's that identity is what saved me, I think. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense, man. Because honestly, like I've been working with people for a long time. And the majority of issues that we humans have is identity related. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I've said it before on the podcast, too, where it's like, as soon as we can start to figure out who we actually are, mm -hmm. we can live better and easier. Absolutely. Right? You know, like, like, even too, when I go into community, the first thing, like, if I'm talking with the men, it's like, yeah, I'm a child of rape. And mm -hmm. tell that story and show that vulnerability of, of who I am. Mm -hmm. And if that helps somebody, I hope so, mm -hmm. you know. Um, same with like when this Me Too movement started happening with all the things that was going on. I, somebody put it on me, on my wall. So I'm like, oh, my Facebook wall. I'm like, well, what's this? So they told me something. Okay. So I just typed out my story and all these people are sending me like, I'm like, that's awesome. Thank you very mm -hmm. much. But yeah. Yeah. And that, but that's how it is, right? Yeah. We just share that vulnerability and hope that someone else can learn something from it. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I think, well, without question, I've experienced that. In fact, we do, mm -hmm. right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, I, um, is there anything else you want to talk about, man? 
I could talk you. I don't even know where to begin. I, I, I could so. talk you out. I could talk you off to two o'clock in the morning. Even tell you more scary ghost stories than the guy I did before. Oh man! Um, but I, you know, I that's like scary whole, ghost stories. Oh, well, you know what's funny is I'll tell you a ghost story just from last night. Oh, okay. I'm walking up to. Uh, I'm in Chase, uh, at the Overlander, um, motel, which is a really good motel. If you're ever at Chase, BC, and want a place to stop, please stop at the Overlander Motel. <laughs> tell him James sent you. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you'll That's get five percent off your room i'm just kidding you won't <laughs> yeah yeah no there's no percentage off at all don't, don't listen to him he's a madman um but no i come up to the door and the guy comes out he's like uh you know i just need the room for one he's like no for two i'm like no just me he's like no the person behind you and i'm looking and he's looking and he goes out the door and he's looking around the door. he's like where did that other person go to? where did that other person go to and he was just like oh like he just mm. Freaked him right out. He's like, I saw you and a second person walking up to the door. I'm like, nope, it's just me. <laughs> you were walking with somebody. He saw them come to the door. He saw them yeah. come in. I did not see anybody with me at all. And I'm usually pretty in tune with that. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, it was just last night. Right on. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, I, you must be tired, man. I appreciate you coming on. And ah, Thank you very much for listening to me babble on here. I hope it made some sense every now and again. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I, And I'm I actually, I'm really grateful that you said what you did about your identity mm. right, and finding that that helped you. Yeah. Because like for lots of people who when they think of AA or any of the other programs, whatever they mm. are, um, there's... <laughs> There's a sense that I get from some people that what we're looking for, and maybe it's because I did this myself, what we're looking for is instead of figuring out how to be okay with who we are, we're always trying to figure out some other way to be mm. instead of who we are, yeah. right? Instead of who creator made us to be. Absolutely. Right? Uh, and I just, I don't know, man. I think like more and more comes to light that the, the closer to us we become, mm. As humans, whatever wherever we're from, the more likely we are to have a better life. Absolutely. When you can learn to be, mm -hmm. then you can learn to be. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's the end of it. Like honestly, yeah. And I really hope. I really put out there that you know, um, people can find can find that. Mm. You know, no matter no matter how far you are in your addictions and no matter where you are how far you are from home mm -hmm. you know um just look inside always just look inside mm -hmm. as scary and as horrible and the answers that come out can freak us out it lies in there mm -hmm. and when you when you get that when you accept that no one can take that from you yeah you know the only thing we can own in life is our words and those words come from the being of who we are mm -hmm. so yeah and that's spoken like a true storyteller. Hey, <laughs> eh? like spoken like a true storyteller. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Thank James. You. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. We would like to remind you that the opinions shared are those of the individuals and not representative of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other affiliation we may share with organizations or individuals. Thank you, Wild Rose United Church, for your open-hearted giving of, to the community at large in a multitude of ways. You have graciously provided space and love for us to work within, and we cannot thank the staff, volunteers, and members of the church enough for all that they do each and every day. Thank you again, Darcy Robinson. As usual, your work is incredible. Thanks for donating it to us. I am not here without each of our board of directors, Trent Baker, Todd Deer, 
Christine Pimiskern, Heather Morjo, Wayne Lurie, and John James. To all of the individuals who graciously donate their money and time to helping Freedom's Path become a society and now a charity, thank you. Who is Freedom's Path? We work directly with individuals and families struggling and suffering from, with addiction of all types, mental illness, codependency, and a multitude of difficulties humans bring forward as they attempt to make life-altering changes. If you are interested in attending our upcoming or future groups, being a guest on the podcast, or looking to make a donation or help in some other way, please contact us through our website, www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca, or find us on Facebook at Freedoms Path Recovery Society. If you are close to giving up, regardless of what your difficulty might be, please reach out to someone. You can always give up tomorrow, or maybe you won't have to. To anyone listening, imagine that your voice might be the only one someone hears inside their darkness. What is it you would like to say? As for me, I'm David Lurie, and I wish you all the best, wherever you are. Be safe and try to have some fun, because our time here is quite limited after all.